as you guys know, we're just having some technical difficulties, even just all the way around. Even I don't know what was up with my phone this morning, but it still won't download. So, anyways, God is good. We don't need all that stuff all the time. Um, we just need His Word. And so, um, so yeah, uh, I think Chris mentioned we're going to be finishing up Second uh, uh, Peter today. Um, we've been going through it for a while. We started in First Peter, and here we are in Second Peter, and it has been a good book um, to to go through. Um, all of God's Word is, is good, but I like how we pick certain times, um, certain seasons when when we go through the things we do. So. Um, I just kind of want to give us a little context to, to make this passage um, uh, a little bit more um, maybe heartfelt, where you can hear where he's at. Um, and so what's going on, if, for those that maybe missed, is, is we're at a time where Peter is, is um, kind of pouring out his last thoughts to people that he loves. Um, he calls them beloved. Um, he, he, he cares for these people. He's writing to believers. And um, if you look back at the very first chapter, we, we get a sense that he, he knows what's coming. Um, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 and 15, we hear this. Um, it, well, we'll just read it. It says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made it clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. We get a sense that Peter is, um, he's, he's known as his end is, is coming up. And so these, the, this book, this second Peter, these phrases that we're hearing and that we're seeing is, is kind of like his last thoughts. And you see such an unselfish part of Peter right here. Instead of, hey, make sure my dog's taken care of, my wife's taken care of, all these things He's looking outward. He's looking at the people that he loves, and and and, and he's giving them what, the, well, you know, the only like the best gift out there. Um, talking to him about remembering um, scripture, remembering Christ, all these things, and so that's where we're at. We're 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 in Peter's um, um, kind of last times, and so that's kind of the context, the the kind of the heart that we got from Peter, and, and where he's going with some of this, and so you move on. And then into chapter 3, which we're going to be um, finishing up today, the last chapter of Second Peter. And, and he gives us um, where he's at, his, his kind of closing thoughts. And we see that at the start of chapter 3, um, 1 and 2. It says, Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I have written both of them as, as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. So again, the last words of Peter, and he's, and he's trying to point us. He's trying to um, like stimulate our mind to wholesome thinking, to be, to be always searching, always be looking out um, uh, for Christ. And he, and he talks about the holy prophets and uh, the commands that were given by those. And then these apostles that are here in the New Testament, him being one of them. He's like, if there's anything I can give you guys to, to look at, be looking at this. Look at, look at the truths of, of the prophets in the Old Testament. Look at how they prophesied about the Messiah coming. Look at this Christ that we have. And then don't forget about those that walked with Christ. And here's these words that are written down. Like he's, he's, he's pouring out. He's trying to encourage. Keep, keep this active. Read. Um, be, be stimulated by God and God's word. And, and you see this over and over in, the, in this book. That, that Peter is really trying to encourage these people that he loves 
trying to give them what they really need. Um, and again, you, you just see the selfless acts. Um, you know, I think some of us would be like, man, my time's coming. Well, you make sure that Bubba's being fed daily or you make sure that certain things are go- taken care of. And, and he's just looking at, at people that need Christ. And, and again, these people have Christ. Uh, the, he's writing to believers, but, but he's trying to encourage them to, to, to uh, stay diligent in, in Christ. And so uh, working my way to the start of what we're, we're studying in, in 14, we got after he tells you to, to recall the words spoken by the past prophets, to um, listen to the apostles, to stimulate your mind in wholesome thinking. He goes through this, and he's talking about that people will come. There's going to be scoffers. There's going to be people that are going to give you a hard time. There's going to be these false teachers. There's going to be all these people that you're going to come across that's, that's trying to lead you away from Christ, um, to, to, to just pretend everything is going to be okay, that tomorrow will come just like it did today, and this Messiah, like, yeah, he was here, he was a buzz, but he's eventually just going to die out. Um, definitely wrong. Um, so wrong, but, but he's giving them these warnings, like, be prepared for this. This is coming. Um, people that will come and try to, try to uh, walk you away from this, the, the way, as, as it's called, um, more pronounced back then. Um, and, and so again, as leading up to 14, it's, it is wrong. Like, Jesus is coming back. Um, it's abundantly clear throughout Scripture that, that he's coming back, and all will be destroyed, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth this uh, sinful world that we live in will we'll no longer be here. Um, and, and so that's kind of where we're starting out is, is in 14, kind of that, that context. We've got Peter's last days. He's really talking about what he feels is important, what the Spirit's leading him to, to, to share to the people that, that he's writing this letter to, to believers. And, and again, these are his last kind of words, his last letter. And so we start here in 14. That, that's where we're at now. What happened there? <clears throat> so, actually, I can't uh, I can't do anything without without the Lord. And so, just uh, let's let's kick off in prayer before we read His Word. Um, Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. We we thank you to be able to to gather, to read your Word together, to study your Word, to be taught by you, Father, on on. Um, uh, on our growth, just our walk with you. These things that you gave Peter to, to write down, to, to share, and, and the importance of it, to, to sense that, that these are some very important things on, on what he's trying to write, that we would take that, that we would understand that, that, that we, we sense your word is important and that we grab it daily, that we don't start our day without it. Um, I pray for these words to leap off the page, to, to grow us, Father, in you, and um, Lord, we just ask these things in your, your precious name, Jesus. Amen. So uh, we'll, we'll just go through and read it, and then we'll come back and we'll see what the Lord has for us to unpack. So um, we are in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18 is where we're going to be at today. So it says, um, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him, he writes the same way in all his letters. Speaking in them of these matters, his letters contain some things that are hard to understand, 
which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard, so that you may not be carried away by error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So, going back, and uh, starting there in 14, we see then, it says, So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this. If you just started there, you'd be like, what are we looking forward to? And again, we have to look up and we have to read uh, uh, in between where I left off on 3, 1, and 2 through the, through the middle of it. And so what, what he's looking forward to, what, what are we looking forward to, is this second coming. Is this uh, sinful world um, being just done with? Um, looking forward the day that there is no sin. Looking forward that the day, um, like there is no pain. That we get to be with him and, and just be by his side. Like these things are unimaginable to us. Um, I've, I've heard it been said, and it might be in scripture, uh, just come to me, that the things we see here now that we like, um, uh, you know, we see the beautiful mountains. We see um, just, we go up and we, we see these things that are just beauty. Those are just a mere shadow of what is to come. And, and I got thinking um, about this once upon a time, like if that's just a mere shadow of what, what is to come, what is being with him, like that, that blows me away because you look at the detail, the colors, the, the things that grab us, the vibrant part of, of God's creation, and we're just in awe. And that's just a shadow of, of, of what, what is to come with him. Like I, I just can't. I can't imagine what the new heaven, what the new earth is going to be like. Um, I just know being with him is going to be the most important thing. But to him, to, to be there with him in them kind of um, talks, like, again, that's just a shadow of, of what's there. Um, so that's where, where we're at in this context. So he's saying, so then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, this, this second coming, make every effort to be at peace with him. So with this in mind, this second coming, we don't want to go into this and think, okay, well, I've been saved, I've given my life to Christ, and so I can just kind of sit back and, and uh, relax and let him do all the work. Um, I, I don't need to do no transformation. Like, um, he's got this, which he does. Um, he's sovereign. He's, he's got us all, most definitely. But um, if you read scripture, we know that he doesn't call us to that. Um, the, the phrase that comes to mind would be to cheapen grace. The grace that God has given us, the, the forgiveness of sins. I'm used to the cross there. The cross there. Um, to, to, to trample on that, to cheapen grace, to understand what he did and what he gave, and to say, well, that was good and all. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm just going to continue living just the way I want to live. Like that's, that's cheapening grace. Um, the, the song by Crowder by saying, I, um, I'm the one that nailed your hand to the cross. Um, like that's a very powerful song to me. Um, every one of us, um, we, we took one of the, the, the whips or whatever, we, we beat him. Every one of us took a nail and hammered him there. Our sins is what put him there. And so like, once you think of it in that context, like you cannot not just be dormant. You cannot just sit around and not be like, like Lord, like holy cow, like I see my ugliness. I see what it did to a holy and just God. And, and man, that should bring us to our knees. To bring us to that repentance state where I'm sorry and we're forever transformed. 
not cheap and grace, God's got this, I can just keep on doing what I want. Um, that is not what. Uh, so that's where Peter's trying to, again, lift them up, help them. Um, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. So another uh, kind of thought I had on this. Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. I look at that and that, that word come to me like, okay, we're believers. God has been, God has saved us. Do we act like that? Do the word integrity come up? And the definition that, that I like to use of integrity is like, are we the same around certain people as we are like with our family? Um, are we not changing on who comes into the room? Are we a man of integrity um, or, or a people of integrity? Do, are we people in Christ? As I was looking up this word integrity, I never thought about it this way, but the word, the opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. So you, you're a man of integrity. You're the same whether I'm in front of Dave Kobe or I'm in front of a, a guy behind uh, the line at Walmart. Um, or I'm the same with my children as I am with the guys at the work. Like, how's, how's my mouth? And, and I've been convicted of that. You know, there's a different mouth sometimes that comes out of Tony at work. Where, with my children, they don't hear that same kind of mouth. Like, why? Like, if it's not well around them, you don't want your kids saying that stuff. Why are you saying it, Tony? Like, there's that, that integrity thing. Like, and I've been convicted of that. Um, I, I have been known to change. That's ugly to say. To say that you guys may know me one way here and a different way outside, like, what does that do to Christ? It kind of makes him look fake. So I thought of that, like, so make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Like, <laughs> we all know that, that it's talked about, and, and it was talked about previous in, in the other scriptures uh, in, in um, Second Peter here about um, the Lord coming back as a thief in the night. Like, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be surprised by his coming. Like, oh, man, if I know, like, if I knew he was coming tomorrow, better get all my house in order, I get all this stuff. Like, I don't want to live that way. Like, I want to be transformed. I want to be a man of God. I, I, I think of, like, what happens when children, when you leave a children left alone and there's no parent supervision? They can destroy the home in, in 2.2. As good as you think your kids are, they can be that mess. And don't get me wrong, we all can be that, and God understands that. But, like, are we that way all the time? Like, who are we really? Are we someone different when we come in through these doors versus outside? And I, I pray for us that we're not. Like, like man, our, our, our creator, our father, he is not fake. He is real. And so we, we have to be people of integrity with Christ. We have to show the truth that we, that we believe in him, that we walk. Now, are we perfect in that? By no means. But overall, a question that actually has come up quite a bit in my mind, do the people I work with know that I'm a Christian? Do the people I work with, um, do, do they see me differently? They, would they be surprised to see me up here on the stage? Like, those are some convicting questions. Like, is Christ with me all the time or only when, when I need him? I know that's kind of heavy stuff, but those are some thoughts that God convicts me with, that, that God walks with me on that. Um, and so this make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. We, we just want to be real. We want to be living that transformed life, which 
with with the power of Christ, it's it's uh, I was gonna say it's easy. It's easy when I hand over, when I lay down, I surrender. Not so easy when um, I pick up the keys to my life again and, and walk. Um, anyways, uh, moving on into to fifteen. It goes, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. I just want to pause right there for a minute um, before we move on into the rest of that verse. So some of us can get into that that frame of mind like, this world is so broken and messed up. I'm, I'm tired of just all the pain. I'm tired of all this. Lord, just come now. Like, why do we got to drag this out? What is going on? And, and, it, and think of the patience that the Lord has had with you. Um, for 35 years or so, maybe more, roughly 35 years, um, I pushed against him. Um, I, I had a sense he was there, but um, anyways, I just pushed against him. He was patient enough to walk with me that, that long. That, that, like, he saved me in that. Like, I'm so thankful with that. So think of it that way, like, so why hasn't he come back yet? What's going on? Like, there's a lot of people that don't know Christ, that he's patient with, that, um, that need to come to salvation. That, I mean, we're called to share the gospel with. I had a, a going somewhere with that, and all of a sudden it dropped <laughs> on that. But any, anyways, if it don't come back, remember the patience that the Lord has with us. There it is. I got it back. I think it's easier if we think about that patience. All of us know our skeletons in our closet. All of us know the ugliness that we've done. And that Christ knows that. He knows that. And he still was patient with us. How much easier is it to be patient with others when we think of it that way? Um, you know, sometimes we show an intolerance to people um, that, uh, good grief, I'm just done with you. Like, I think if you just think about it on your own and you'll, you'll justify why you're done with them and you'll continue to walk away. But if you stop for a minute and you put, put the shoes on the other feet for a minute and think of all the times that the Lord has walked with you patiently, not giving up on you, walking with you. It all of a sudden changes, and, and you look like, man, I can be patient with others. I can walk with others as Christ has walked with me. He calls us to that. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, your heart, and your soul, and then love people the way, love your brother in the same. That's what we should be doing. And and that's just a, a, a thing like to, to show you, like, to, to have patience with others, it helps me to look at the patience that Christ continually has with me. Moving on into 15, it says just, so it says, bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him, he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. So we have here, I like how Peter comes together in, in, with a brother and, and is talking to him, like giving him the, um, the affirmation to look to what Paul has also written. And it's the same things. If you go through and you read a lot of what Paul writes, a lot of what Peter's write, writing. It all points to Jesus. 
It all points to that surrender. It all points to this stimulate your wholesome thinking. Remember my words. Read scripture. Like over and over, it comes back to this is so important. We have to be entangled in this daily. Because honestly, if you're not, what are you entangled in? The ugliness of the world is not sitting idle. The ugliness of the world is always trying to grab us, always trying to pull us back. Now, praise God, he's got us, he's saved us, he's walking with us. But if Paul and Peter are writing to us all the time about Jesus and his word and his ways, and then again, Peter's doing it on his basically deathbed, getting ready to be martyred, it is important to stay in God's word. Peter brings up a note here, though, that some of uh, the letters, some of the Bible, can be hard to understand, um, which the ignorant and unstable people distort. So just because we don't understand something doesn't mean that it's wrong or we can just take it and we can run with it whatever we want. Sometimes you do have to sit and park on it. Sometimes you just have to move on. Um, I know for sure, and I hear a lot of this from a lot of people. I've read the Bible two, three, four times, whatever. I've never seen that before. Um, I've read the Bible, I've read that, but I never got that before. Like the Lord is opening our eyes at different times and different moments of our life, where we're at and when we're ready for that, or what's coming up. So can this stuff sometimes be... Hard to read, hard to understand, you bet. But we have to put it in God's hands. Sometimes it's ready, or sometimes we're ready, sometimes we're not. And I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago about, about us living in the world for as long as we have. It can be very hard to understand a language that we have never heard before. We've been blind to it. And, and so the language I'm going to use uh, for today's example is this works type language. That's the way we have all been raised. Um, If you think about it, again, I I know I touched on it, but I'm going to touch on it again. As in elementary school, you go through, you you do good, you you get the little star or a smiley face sticker. Praise. Good. It's about you and what you did. Um, You move from elementary to junior high, the same thing. You you do good, you, you, you get to stay on the football team, or you do this, your grades are important, and you get rewarded. Uh, you move into college, the same type of stuff goes on. Get good grades, you do good, you get a type of reward. And, and in the workplace as well. You do well in the workplace, um, you succeed, as the world says you succeed, you, you've, you build this up. And so here you are, you got this language in where I do, 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 I've got to work harder um, to, to get to the next step or, and whatever you're going after because that's the world has shown me that. You climb this type of corporate ladder since you was little. And then all of a sudden you come across this. And, and what, do you, what do you mean by grace you've been saved um, through faith in Christ? What? Okay, well, that's great. I believe in him. But now what do I got to do? I, I, need to, I need to still make it right with him. And over and over you read in this that my good works, even on my best day, my works are like filthy rags to him. Like, what are you talking about? Until you start really understanding it, even your good works that you think are good, usually if you break it down deep enough and long enough, without Christ, your good works 
is a type of like thing to almost glorify yourself, praise yourself, to make yourself look good. It sounds ugly, but until you start understanding this different language, you start coming around it and you start seeing it like, how? Like how? Like you struggle with that type of language. You start understanding love more. You start understanding holy more. You start understanding your creator more. And you start seeing this. That's how deep his love goes. I cannot earn my favor with him. I just can't. Um, anytime I try, again, it would be more about me than really about him. Um, I would be trying to earn his love because I don't want to go to the bad place or I want something. Who, who knows what it is? Like, that's a hard language for us, I think, here in the States anyways, since this is where I've lived, to, to understand that. Like, this language of grace. Man, that, that's tough. And so when, when, when Peter's saying it's hard sometimes to understand, it can be. Um, continue to dive in. Continue to understand the grace talk. It's so freeing. Um, I still fight with it, guys, um, for sure. I still fight with this. I got to do this and this and this. Even the sermon. I felt like this sermon prep was, oh, I'll just admit it, I'm a horrible procrastinator. <laughs> my, my family knows this. Um, I watch the time. I, I push things to the limit. Um, Nick once said, Tony, I like how you're always punching on your time. Like, Nick, you don't know me yet. Wait, you'll find out that I'm usually one or two minutes late. Well, even in this, I procrastinated. I procrastinated. And it just wasn't coming. It just wasn't coming. And then yesterday, all of a sudden, things just started flowing on the paper. I struggled with that. It's like, I really don't know how this sermon's going to go today. It felt like I didn't work hard enough for it. It felt like I didn't prep hard enough for it. So I was like doing God a disservice. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. Like, God wants me in his word. I had been in his word in other areas. But in this alone, like, I, I, I kind of procrastinated a bit. And, and I, here I am again, this workspace mentality. Because I didn't study enough. I didn't put in the work enough. God is just going to not be here or punish me. Like, and this morning, like, it was, I was like, well, I'm going to focus back in during um, different parts. I'm just going to reread and just other things. And, and God just said to me, like, Tony, I've got this. Um, quit this nonsense. Um, I struggle with it, you guys. I really do. Um, but I just praise that this, like I really feel this morning just a, a heart of gratitude where just dumb things in life, just dumb things that Tony puts on himself that got taken care of. And, and I look back on how they got taken care of. And like, God, I, I sometimes ask like, why are you so generous? Why are you so good? And, and what it does is it just humbles my heart and makes me just like want to grab him tighter and closer and walk with him more and more. Um, anyways, these are some of the goofy things that you, the more you walk in Tony land, which or you don't want to walk in Tony land, um, the goofiness you'll, you'll see of him. So um, moving on into uh, 17, it says, therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. So this one kind of kind of caught me by surprise, honestly. I come across this, and I'm like, we're writing to believers, right? Go back, and I look. Yeah, yeah, we're writing to believers. We're, locked, we're writing to people that, that um, 
have their faith in Christ. They have salvation. What, what is this? Like, um, I know there's, there's, this, uh, there's this free will that God walks with us, but God is sovereign. God has us. He knows things. Uh, um, what makes me question God on how he makes me? Like, he's got all this. But in this, it sounds like, man, I'm, I, I can lose my salvation. Like, and, and I read in the Bible that the, the father doesn't lose any, or excuse me, the son doesn't lose any that the father has given to him. And I'm walking through this, and I'm walking through this. And the more that I read commentary, the more that I dive into God's word, the more it comes back to what Peter is saying here is not about your salvation. It's about that freedom in your salvation. So be on your guard. There's people that are trying to steal that, or I would say evilness that's trying to steal that, to, to take away this freedom that we have in Christ. Um, and and it, he's warning us not to be carried away by the, the error of lawless men, by false teachings, by someone getting up and telling you anything else besides what's in here. And, and you, you, you can't be saved unless you get baptized first. You can't be saved unless you are given 10%. Whatever it is, like, don't, don't go into that. There's, there's lawless men out there. But this fall from your secure position. So you can know Christ, have, and he's your personal savior. You've got your salvation. But could you imagine if someone's whispering to you and making you think that there's a little bit of works tainted in with that? And you're not living in that freedom of Christ. You've, you've fallen from that secure position of knowing Christ has you. Christ has everything. And all of a sudden now, you're tainted by this. I need to work harder. I need to do all this. Like that is a horrible place to be in. Ask me how I know. <laughs> you guys have heard some of my confession that I fight with that. So that's where Peter's coming from. This secure position in Christ. This freedom that we all have in Christ to walk with him. Like That's where this is coming from. Once Christ has us, there's a, there's a what we all know, those that have, that have been salvation, like there's freedom in that. And lastly, he moves on in 18. It says, but grow in grace. The grace word again. Um, we hear mercy and grace all the time. You guys are probably tired of me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Mercy and grace, define it is, um, again, um, I done something wrong, I come and I stole your truck, and you didn't call the cops on me. Uh, you practiced mercy on me. You didn't give me what I deserved. You just called it even, basically. You didn't call the cops on me for taking your truck, for stealing something from you. Then after that, you come to me and he says, you know what, we'd like to invite you into our home to have some dinner with us. We want to invite you in our home and you're going to be part of our family. Like, wait a minute, what? I done harm to you. I hurt you in some way. First, you forgave me. Then second, you invite me into your home. You invite me into your family. Like, there's kind of the definitions of that, that helps me walk with mercy and grace. These churchy terms that we hear all the time. But grow in grace. How do I grow in grace? And there comes the word right after it, knowledge. So the more I see my sin, the more I see what Christ done for me and the grace that he gives, the, the mercy part. He sees all of my skeletons. He sees all of my ugliness. He says, son, I forgive you. But he doesn't just forgive me and wipe me up and send me on my way. He says, but not only do I forgive you, I, I want you to come back home. I want you to be with me. So to grow in that grace... 
I continue to see, like, like to truly see his love, like the Lord is more and more open me to my ugliness. So I grow in his grace. In turn, I practice grace with others. Um, it gives me a softer heart at times. I'm not perfect. I struggle. But because of the knowledge, the, the wisdom that, that he keeps showing me of how ugly I am and how destined I was to, to being without him forever and not having life, because he's the author of life. Without him, there is nothing, literally nothing, to him to, to give that to me. It, it just, it turns back like in such two ways. And, and I think I've said this before, but like it's in one token, it's the ugliest thing you could ever see. To, to know a human being, let alone one that, that was spotless, was put onto that. So that that goes again to the depth of our ugliness, the depth of our sin, how ugly it really is. And then to see it, that grace, that he took that for me. <laughs> it's hard to understand that type of love. And I think, again, the way, the way to see the depth of his love is to know that the ugliness that I have in me. And he opens my eyes to that all the time. <laughs> Such a, a good, good father. Um, I'm sure some talks are going to come on. on I, I heard something this week about the, the depth of the cross, on the, the amount of pain, the amount of what the Romans put into that to for the suffering. It goes deeper than I thought. Uh, there's a book out there that uh, the guy talked about that I'd like to read. But the more you look at it, the, 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 the cross is just so twofold. Um, the communion that we take. I take that bread and I think of the of his body that was that was destroyed for mine. And and I say, why was it destroyed? And, and again I look at it and I say, okay, man, that 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 ugly sin, it had to be paid for. The consequences of sin is death. The consequences of denying God uh, to go against him is, is is death. Because again, he's the author of life. Without him there's just nothing. And I look at that. And I, I thank you for that, Father, that you give me that bread. And then I take the cup. And then he says, again, there's that mercy and grace. I forgave you. I paid the price. Now come to my grace. I'm going to wash you. I'm going to make you clean. I'm going to invite you in. Um, make you white as snow with, with my blood. It's mind-blowing. Church, friends, family, like I invite you to to read, to learn about the God of creation, the God in this Bible. Um, it's forever changing, and and the more you go through it, the more you see why Peter wrote, wrote what he wrote, why the Spirit led him there, what was going on in his mind even in his last days, and why he thought it so important to share that with us. Let's pray. Oh Father, what a wonderful message that you give us on on your grace, your mercy, your who you are, Father. As ugly as it is to sometimes to look inward at ourselves, Father, I praise you for that. Because, Father, in those times I see you more clearly. I see your love more clearly. Lord, and as I just stand here today, I, I am still 
just in, in, a, in a moment of total just gratitude. Thank you, Jesus.